you guys sounded great. <laughs>
I love the 4th of July. I love it because I have freedom to worship the Lord. For beautiful, for spacious skies, for amber waves of join with me as we pledge allegiance to the flag this morning. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible and with liberty and justice for all. Amen. Amen. As Gary was saying, he loves the 4th of July and so do I. It's a wonderful time, a celebration. You know, there's a lot of things being said right now with all the turmoil that's going on in the country, all the division, situations going on. There's people with new ideas, new philosophies, saying we may need new laws. But we know that we just need to apply the original ones. We just need to go back to have the heart of the founding fathers that put stuff, words such as indivisible, one nation under God, indivisible. And the meaning of indivisible is unable to be divided or separated. And then the song that we just sang says, brotherly love from sea to shining sea is a love from one's, for one's fellow man as a brother, which was a trait that distinguished the early Christian community. So we just need to go back to those founding principles that this country was founded on and apply those principles, and that's gonna be the cure. And I know we've had a lot of celebrations this weekend as we celebrated Independence Day, 
the Declaration of Independence. We had barbecues and lots of food, lots of fireworks, great time of community with our family and friends. But we can't forget the real, true meaning of why we celebrate. To have freedom to be able to assemble together like we are today and celebrate our faith in the one true and only God. See, because he's the one that gave us true freedom. That day when he said, it is finished. It is finished. He gave his life not for just one people, but for all people. Not just for one nation, but for all nations. So that we can be united under his banner of love and faith. And today, thank God for America. Thank God for the ability that we have and the right that we have to come together in a place such as this, lift our hands up without being persecuted, open our hearts, and express our love for the one that's worthy. So as we pray this morning, I join together and pray for our nation and pray that we would be the ones that lead them back to the path, that we would be the ones that will apply the old ways. And how many know that the old ways are still good and they always will be good. We're gonna go back and apply the old ways. We don't need a new way of thinking, we just need to get rid of what pastor said before, our stinking thinking. And go back to, to what's true, what's right. So we're gonna pray for our nation this morning and if you have a need, would you please raise your hand? I wanna pray for you while there's needs all over this building. We know he's in control. So let's join together and pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity that we have to come together as a free people in this free country. Lord, we pray for our nation. Lord, we love America. Lord, we know that you have your hand on this country. Lord, we thank you for your move over this country, and we know that you're not done yet, that there's going to be a last day revival, and we want to be part of it. Lord, we pray that your love would adore, that your love would break down barriers. Lord, that compassion would start to, to birth up in people, Lord, and that we would just be all we could be to serve one another and love one another and unify under you. We pray for your church, Lord. We pray that you would use us in these days. Lord, we pray for the various needs that were, that were raised hands right here just a little while ago, Father. We pray, Lord, that you would move over their lives. If they need healing, Lord, we pray that you would heal. If it's their marriage, Lord, we ask that you'd work in that marriage, Father. Lord, we know that you got everything under control. Lord, and we love you and we honor you in this place. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to have our time of, of giving. If you feel comfortable, you're welcome to come up in person, but you can also, if you want to, you can do it online or you can do it with the app. But any way you want to give, or you can come by and say hi to Judy and Pastor and the staff during the week and give it in person if you want. But we want to give thanks to God for all that he's provided us. Amen. And we want to give to his work of the church because how many agree with me? Right now, more than ever, we need to light, light up the world. We need to be a bright light for people and show them the way back to him. Amen. Father, thank you for providing for us, Lord. Lord, we pray for the offering this morning and we pray for the giver. Lord, that it would be used, Lord, to, to bring the light of Jesus Christ's gospel message to those that need it. Lord, use us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen.
sense his presence. Wouldn't it be great just to see him rest upon us like they did back in the olden days when that smoke would just rest upon him and they know that his presence was here. Oh, Lord, we need to be in your presence. Oh, I sing
come into God's house this morning and we're not just caught up in the emotions or even the just the, the, the regular routine. If we genuinely are, are singing what we're praying today, King of glory, Lord, fill this place. I believe that he will right now. I believe he'll fill us. He'll fill this place if we will sing this with the heart and the prayer and the desire of a heart before God Almighty. Do you know he's looking? He's looking for a place to fill. He's looking for a place where he can pour out his Holy Spirit today. Why don't you, wherever you're standing or sitting right now, why don't you just lift up your hands and call his name, King of Glory. Fill this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. just want to be with you, Lord.
it means praise Jehovah. It, it just means praise the Lord. It's like the highest form of praise and honor. Hallelujah to God. Glory to God in the highest. And he says, I'll sing hallelujah until you come again. I'm going to sing praise until you come again. I'm going to worship you until you come again. It doesn't matter what's going on around me. I'm going to dance in your presence until you come again. Hallelujah. Praise God. Can you say that with me? Hallelujah. Come on, say it like you got a dance in you. Hallelujah. Amen. One more time, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, we could just keep singing that forever. Get in the presence of God. King of glory, fill this place. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. He wants to touch someone right now, I believe. I've had the Holy Spirit speak to me twice in this last few moments that someone needs to be healed today in this house. I'm going to pray for you, right? If you need healing, I want you to lift up your hand or do something. Right now, you need healing in your body physically. Look around. I want us to see those that need healing today. Amen. Right now, would you just stretch your hand if you didn't lift your hand, but you're, you're going to help me to pray. The Bible talks about lifting up holy hands to God. We're praying right now for these that are sick in their bodies that need healing. God, we're praying right now. We plead the blood of Christ over the lives of your people. Touch them today. Heal them by your Holy Spirit. The blood that was spilled at Calvary was for the remission of our sins and it was for the healing of the nations. We're asking you to touch every heart, every life. Lord, those that are lifting their hands up to you now, we praise you and thank you for healing them, healing them physically from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. Let them feel the presence and the power of God. Rework and remold hearts and heart muscles, Lord. Minister in livers and kidneys right now. Lungs that need healed right now, God, in Jesus' name. Touch those that are going through physical heart blood pressure problems, those kinds of is issues. Lord, all sickness we could and bring it before you right now and plead the blood of Jesus over our children, over our families. Lord, for those that are going through anxiety, that are going through pressures and panic attacks and they feel the pressures, the overwhelming emotions of what's going on right now in the world, I pray for peace, peace, wonderful peace coming down from the Father above in the name of Jesus Christ. We declare the promises of God over our bodies physically and ask it to be done to your glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone agreed and said amen. Amen. Do you believe he hears us when we pray? Amen. I believe, I believe that when we pray, heaven hears us. And I believe things are changed, lives are changed when we pray, when we believe. So I'm believing today that someone's been touched. Someone's been touched. Not only did I feel physically that there was healing in the house this morning, but I feel that there's healing for emotion. 
How many of you know this is an overwhelming time for many people? It's an overwhelming time. So we're praying right now that God will touch, minister to every heart. It's okay if you feel afraid. I mean, he's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. But during these difficult days, if there's fear inside of you, I want you right now to just give that to God. If you're watching online and you want so desperately to be in God's house, but you feel that overwhelming sense of fear, I want to pray for you right now. I want to cast out fear. I want to come against fear in the name of Jesus Christ. He's given you power, love, and a sound mind. He's given you a confidence and a peace that you can trust in the Lord. The Bible says if we drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt us. You can go anywhere covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. And you are safe, you are secure, and you are okay this morning. Walk by faith and trust in the Lord. Now, how many of you know that means be smart? Be smart, but walk by faith in Jesus' name this morning. Before we're seated, we do want to have prayer over the the Word, and I want to read our text for our series that we're in, The Fight, the Faith, and the Crown. Today's message, Fight to Remember. Fight to Remember. Praying for a couple of different things. One is that we're still continuing to remember the Langford family from the loss of their daughter, Jerry, this last, it's been a week and a half ago now, praying for them and asking God to be with them. Also praying for the Katzeltnik family, uh, Claudia, uh, they usually sit right down here on the front row. Those folks are, who live in Texas, but they're members of our church, and they're up here quite often, and we'll be back in a few weeks. But they, they went through the loss of Claudia's father this last week, and we want to pray for her, for the family. Uh, they're going through this very devastating time, and we're just lifting them up in prayer. So let's do that. And as Pastor Brian prayed for the needs that you have, we want to pray for those and ask that if there's any online, that if you take the minute and write down in the chat there where you're watching and whatever platform you're on, write your prayer needs down there and we want to get those and remember them in prayer today. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 6 this was our text Paul writing to his son his spiritual son and his apprentice Timothy and he says this, for I am already being poured out as a drink offering of the time of my departures at hand I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Do you realize how powerful those words are? Those are powerful words right there. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I've kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Father, we ask your blessings on the Word of God. Challenge us by your Holy Spirit. Speak to us today. Power us, edify us, build us up in the Word of God. May we leave this house, Lord, different than when we came in. May we feel the empowerment of your Spirit to help us during difficult days to live victorious and as overcomers. We ask you to meet every need. Those watching online, the families that we lift up today, we ask you to comfort them, speak peace over them. So we never fail to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. In Christ's name we pray, amen, amen. Turn away to about five people before you're seated. Just wave at them, hey.
Let's keep our church in prayer. You know, for a church that, that, that has as many people as we do, it's, it's difficult to, to see so many folks, you know, be afraid to come or, or to go through sickness and, and not be able to come. And we just want to do everything we can. That's kind of why we have this section over here that we put together. This is so that we have respect for those that are, have underlying health issues and places. Too many people have said, you know, I really want to be in church, Pastor, but it's very difficult um, with, with the feelings that they have and some who are just, you know, very, very concerned about the guidelines that we have out in, in America right now and then others that are go- going through, they've got sickness and they've got things that cause them to be um, a little more careful than, than maybe others would be. But we are so thankful to them that we've got them here today. We're proud that you're here and I am here with you. I have this wonderful, awesome mask. What is it? Does it look good on me? Does it work? I'm with you guys. This one matches my shirt really well, but I didn't, uh, I didn't plan on that. But I've got one here with me so that I can greet you and talk with you. We're just looking out for each other. Can somebody say amen? Amen. This is a time to respect and honor all people, uh, no matter who they are. And so we're thankful today to be able to do that and to provide this area. And if we have to make that go up all the way up to half or more, we'll do that, whatever we need to do to help make sure people feel good about coming to God's house. The three crowning achievements that that Paul was writing about, and I I think about the the end of life, and we've shared this last week in part one. We talked about fight the good fight. This week we're talking about fight to remember. The three crowning achievements. He says at the end of his life, to have been able to, for the report of heaven, the, the defense report as the angel stands before the Father, the, before the throne, to be able to say he fought a good fight, he finished the race, and he kept the faith. This is the vital and important thing about our lives. It's not so much the most important thing that your success in this world or in this life, but it is important that you and I are a success when it comes to standing in the presence of God. Can I get an amen out of this crowd? Fight the good fight, finish the race, and keep the faith. This is what we see in the lives of those who are overcomers, who end up standing before the presence of God with a good report. I want heaven's response to my report to be, well done, thou good and faithful servant. We talk about in the scriptures, and we talked a little bit last week about the narrow way, the cross, the denial of self. So important that we don't get tangled up in what's happening in the world right now. The enemy would love to confuse. He would love to deceive even the very elect. One of the signs of the end times is that we would be deceived in our thinking, in our theologies, our philosophies. So important that you and I stay True to not what the world around us, what the news agencies are saying. Can I just tell you to be careful how much of the news that you're listening to these days? Can I just put that out there as a pastor and tell you that I care about your heart and and, and I want you to stay focused on what God is doing in the world? This is the last days and we are to be a light in the midst of the darkness. We are to have the answer for the world and we can't do that if we get tangled up in their fight. We can't do that if we get all riled up. 
We become useless. Let me tell you what the enemy is trying to do. The enemy is dividing. Brother Pastor Brian brought it up, and it was a good point at the beginning of service today, talking about we're one nation under God, indivisible. That was the intention of America, undivided, that we would be an undivided people. We know this is what God's intention is. He says, for I came to, for God so loved the whole world that he gave his his only begotten son, that whosoever, we know that God died for all people. He sent salvation to all people. He was not just looking for the Jews to be saved, but he said, I'm gonna go to the Gentiles. I want everyone to be saved. This is the heart of God, and we have to keep our focus. How many of you know our best fight, the good fight, is not in the flesh? We talked about that last week a little bit. I'm catching you up so I can get into part two. 2 Corinthians 10 and 3, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. If this could be quoted on the Congress steps in Washington, if this could be read aloud at every single fountain square in every city, every country, all around the world, if this could be declared one more time as the way, the truth, and the life, there'd be peace on earth today. There'd be a revival today. There would be a change in what we are seeing happening right now. The Bible says, though, these days would come upon us. When you see nation rising against nation, when you see hatred, sons and daughters turning against their moms and their dads, when you see that kind of divide, much less the races and the cultures and the people and all the, the things you see. And then, and then as a pastor, you, you, you worry and you're concerned because you start to see it in the church. The divide, the attack, the way the enemy is working he wants to divide. You don't fall into the trap of the enemy. I'm going to say it again. I feel the holy anointing on me. Stop it. Stop falling into the trap of the enemy. Be stronger than that. Be more committed and more dedicated than that to your God who died on the cross for you, took persecution, took all kinds of false blasphemous attack against him, was beaten within the, the very breath of his body and you and I have been told if we will be followers of Christ, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow him. This is the truth of how we live our lives. We can't get sidetracked and start thinking about our feelings and our hurts and our wounds. We, we've got to, we got to get healed. We got to get delivered, but we also got to be tough and we got to stand up and look at the world, look at the enemy and say, no, 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 not today. I'm not giving in to you. I'm not going to fall into the trap. I'm going to stay focused on the prize, the high calling of Christ Jesus. He says, my life may be required of me. I may have to lay it all down, but that's okay because no greater love hath 
with any man than this, that he would lay down his life for his friends. I may get struck on one, one cheek, but I'm going to turn and, go and offer the other one. They may take my coat, but then I'm going to give them my cloak as well. I'm going to be asked to go one mile, but that's not enough. I'll go too. I'll do everything I can to be the thing that re reflects light in the midst of darkness. We can't get sidetracked. We're called to a spiritual war. You're in it whether you like it or not, sweetheart. You're in a battle. You're in a war. Get your feelings off your sleeves. Jesus said, be sure, offenses will come. Here lately, I mean, this is so vital and important, especially when it comes to social media. America, America. Do you know how many times I've written the best post and deleted it before it ever went to print? Do you know how many? Oh, and it was good too. I mean, it was good. Something happens. I'll write things out and and I, it's almost like I, I've learned. I, I write it all out, and then I get all the way to the end. And then I'm like, that's good. Oh, that's good. That's going to fix everybody. <laughs> that's going to solve the whole world's problems. And then I go, delete. <laughs> but you know what? I walk away, and I feel better. I feel better. I'm reminded over and over and over again. He said, Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles, the attacks, the traps, the schemes, the devices of the devil. For we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. How many times do we have to read that? How many times do we have to be reminded of that? Paul said, for you do not wrestle with, if this is not a flesh and blood war. If you focus on the flesh and blood of it, you lose. Oh, that's tweetable right there. You focus on the flesh and the blood of it, you lose. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness, in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day to fight. To fight. We fight. We put the helmet on. We put the breastplate on, the belt of truth, shoes clamped down on the ground so we can't retreat, a sword in our hand, a shield in the other and we fight the good fight, the good fight. Should I say that again? The good fight, not a fight, the good fight. We fight on our knees. We fight with fastings. We fight with the word of God. We fight with a code of honor. We are identified by our love for all people. We are fiercely loyal. We're tethered to one another as brothers and sisters. Does it matter where you're from? Does it matter what background? Does it matter what country, what race? We're tethered together as brothers and sisters. We're meek. 
We're humble, we're broken, and we're compassionate. But never, I said this last week, I'm going to say it again before I move into part two. Never confuse our humility with weakness. That would be a very big mistake. Do not confuse our humility with weakness. For when we are weak, then we are strong. Then we are strong. We have a war to win. We can't lay down our weapons. We can't take off our armor. We must know who we are. And I wrote this down. We cannot be bullied or intimidated by the devil, by the enemy. We must be ready to fight the spiritual fight. So today's message is we have to fight to remember. The Bible has an interesting story of a young man who found himself in the middle of this spiritual war. But he wasn't prepared to fight. Sometimes we learn from others' mistakes. Testimonies are important. Your story is important to be told. Because it's in your lessons and in your journey that I can learn some things that I don't have to go through. If I trust in your walk and if I'm looking at you and you've learned some lessons along the way, I want to know what they are because that helps me in my walk. That's why we testify to one another. That's why we share our burdens with one another. That's why our experiences are important. This young man, it might be a story that you would skip over and maybe even miss if you're not careful, but it's going back to the story of Gideon. It's going back to Gideon and his 300 men. We're going to talk about number 299. Small glimpse into his heart. He was one of Gideon's 300. Now, if you remember the story, you've got tens of thousands of other men. You've got 132 or 32,000, I believe it was, for their group. 32,000 soldiers fighting for Israel at this time, but... God wanted to send a, a powerful message, and God wants to remind you and I again, it's not, there's not power in numbers when it comes to spiritual war. It's power in your authority. That's where you find the victory. There was 32,000 and 22,000 men, 22,000 of them were, were told by Gideon, the Lord said to Gideon, he said, tell all the ones that are afraid, they're fearful they don't want to face the enemy, tell them to go home. And 22,000 of them hightailed and ran home. So 22,000 are gone. We have about 13,000 left. Or no, 10,300 people left. And we get to the, the pond and the river, and you know what happens there. God gives him instructions about the men lapping up water, and 10,000 of them have no instinct for battle, have no instinct to fight this war. So they were sent home by Gideon, and he's left with 300 men. 300 men to face 120 or 130,000 enemies. The Midianites had already been, had ravaged their home, ravaged their homes, their land, their, their crops, have molested their children and their, their, their wives. They, they have burned down their homes. They, these people have been taken into slavery and bondage, and they are literally living. Israel is living a, a life of oppression. They're living a life uh, just under the rule and the authority of the Midianites, and they are absolutely just distraught, and they need a leader. 
God will always send a leader and he finds Gideon in the threshing floor of his father's house and he's hiding out there. He's kind of afraid himself and there was fear naturally. And so he, he has to be kind of convinced and the angel says, oh, come on, Gideon, mighty man of valor. I'm, I'm the least in my father's kingdom. You got the wrong guy. I found that most anybody who ever gets anointed to be used by God, usually the first thing out of their mouth is you got the wrong guy or the wrong lady. That's usually the way that works. And so here's Gideon. He says, you got the wrong guy. He says, no, you're the one. God's going to use you. And in all that process, now we're down to Gideon with 300 men and a promise. God says, I'm going to overtake them. You're going to win with 300 because God wants all of us to know all these thousands of years later that he's the one that wins the battles for us. He's the one that anoints us to win the battle. He's the one that can overtake the enemy. He's the one that can oh, over, overrule anything. There's nothing that stands in the way of God Almighty. Oh, if we would just remember that the next time we want to post something, the next time we want to argue and we want to fight with somebody, I'm telling you, if we'll just get back to the, to the cross of Jesus Christ, lay our face down before him and bow the heart in humble submission, we'll have more power to bring joy unspeakable and full of glory than we ever imagined. God is wanting to do a mighty work, a revival in these last days, and he's looking for someone who will not fight in the flesh, who will not fight in war in, in the physical, but will fight in the spirit fight on their knees who will prophesy the promises of God, declare the word of God, still hold true to these truths that are built the church since the very beginning of time when Jesus said the gates of hell will not prevail against it. This is that 120 year old Bible. I grabbed it on my way out to the service today because I said, God, this truth from 120 years ago is the same truth that'll heal the land this morning. Yeah. Hallelujah. We can't forget, we've got to remember. We have to remember. So here we have Gideon and his 300, and you know what happened. They won. They were given a clay pot with a torch inside and a trumpet. They went up on the hill and surrounded with the 300 men, those 120, 130,000. He said, on my cue, when you hear me say for the Lord and for Gideon, for the sword of Gideon, when you hear this, bust your pot, blow your trumpet, and shout. And when they did that, it scared that enemy until... They killed each other. The enemy will drown in his own Red Sea if he dares to come against the child of God that holds faith in God to hold him and to carry them all the way through. If you'll trust in him today, he'll take you through. I have found that he's there. I have found that he is always there. He has never failed me yet. Uh, there were times I was confused. There were times that I was upset. There were even times when I was a little upset, offended. There were times I've had these kinds of things happen, but I have found that when it all the dust settles and the day turn, the, the night turns into day, I found that scripture to be true. Sorrow, sorrow 
Tears may be the night's message, but oh, joy always comes in the morning. I have found that his mercies are brand new every day. I have found that he is there. I found him to be there in the valley. He's been there when I've been on the mountain. He's been there when I've been locked up in a cave and I had no way out. He has been there for me when I didn't know whether to go left or right, front or back. He has been there every time I can testify to you. God is God. He's God at the back door, the front door, on the pew, on the stage. He's God, and he'll always be God. Man, I feel the Lord here this morning. Fight the good fight of faith. Well, here we are. They plundered the crops. They killed the people. They starved them, beat them, ravaged their women and children, killed the brothers of Gideon, burned down their homes. They'd taken everything And here is Gideon with his 300, and they have now gotten down to where they're fighting the last of the Midianites. They're starved, they're hungry, they're exhausted, they're chasing them down, but determined. Gideon is going to take it all the way to the princes, to the kings of Midian. And so it's, we catch up in Judges chapter 8, verse 18. Then he, Gideon, asked Ziba and Salmona, what kind of men did you kill at Tabor? Men like you, they answered arrogantly, each one with the bearing of a prince. Gideon replied, I could almost see the brokenness, thinking of the, the, their, their families that have been destroyed, their women and children that have been killed, their, their, their enemy. This was war. This was war. Not only a spiritual war, because God was in this for Israel, but it was a, a war in the flesh as well. This was a, a physical war, like the United States being in World War II or something. It, this was huge. Jether, Gideon's oldest son, is here. Gideon replies, those were my brothers, the sons of my mother, As surely as the Lord lives, if you had spared their lives, I would not kill you. Turning to Jether, his oldest son, he said, kill them. But Jether did not draw his sword because he was only a boy and was afraid. Ziba and Zalmona said, come, Gideon, do it yourself. As is the man, so is his strength. So Gideon stepped forward and killed them took the ornaments off their camel's necks. So I said, you might miss this story if you're not careful. Look at this young man, Jether. He was one of Gideon's 300. Can I just remind you again, let me just start it off with this. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you love Jesus, if he has come into your life, cleansed you, washed you, forgiven you of all your sins, then you will fight for him. Amen. Because I love him, I will fight for him. When Paul was encouraging Timothy in his letters, he encouraged him, he said, fight the good fight of faith, Timothy. It was here in in 1 Timothy chapter 6, he says in verse 11, but you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. And I thought about that, and I thought, that's the good fight. The good fight is the armor of God and 
the gifts of the Spirit. Put those all together and you are undefeatable. Do we have any fighters in the house? Do we have any Christians in the house? Warriors, soldiers, kingdom fighters? We're not called to the sidelines. We're called to the front lines. But our fight is a good fight. It's a fight of faith. We don't stop. We don't give in. We don't allow anything that's going on around us to detour us. We can't get caught up in the fight happening out here on the lawn when we've got to be the ones fighting on the altars of the church. We need to be fighting the good fight of faith, the faith, the faith that causes us to to have a supernatural empowerment from the Holy Spirit during these very difficult and dark times. It's important that you don't get weak by fighting in the flesh. It's important that you don't get distracted and get discouraged. It's time that you and I, as never before, put on that armor of God to be able to stand against the enemy's traps so that we can make a difference wherever we go. Everywhere you go, you walk in Kroger's, you walk in your workplace, you walk in your house, and you ought to be a bright and shining lantern of God's love and light. You ought to be the powerful, powerful source of deliverance for people looking for an answer. That's you and I. That's who we are. We're called to fight the good fight of faith. As long, I wrote this, as long as there's mothers weeping over their children, we'll fight the good fight of faith. As long as fathers are pacing the floor at night praying over their sons and their daughters, we will fight the good fight of faith. As long as families are hungry, there's kids that are abused, sickness and disease, and yes, viruses are rampant in the land, we will fight the good fight of faith. As long as prisons are packed full and the ERs are full of those who are overdosed and overwhelmed, we will fight the good fight of faith. As long as we keep laying our loved ones in the ground because of alcoholism and addiction, because as long as there's mental illness, as long as there's sex trafficking, runaways, suicide, sin and evil, racism, violence, and fear, we will fight the good fight of faith. We must fight to the last hour. If we don't fight for them, who will? Congress? If we don't fight for them, who will? Lost? Do they have the answers? I'm not running for an office this morning. But I'm telling you, we have the answer within us. If we won't get sidetracked. If we won't get led astray, if we'll stay focused on the prize, not looking to the left or to the right or leaning on the arm of flesh, if we will follow through with our commitment to Christ, I promise you there'll be victory at your house. It may only start there, but it'll be victory in your house, and that'll spread from one house to another if we will do what we can do to be faithful. There are too many Jethers on the field right now, dressed in the armor standing in the field, positioned and ready to fight, but they refuse to fight. What is the point in showing up to the battle and not being willing to fight? What's the point in carrying the sword, putting on the armor, if you're looking like a soldier, talking like a soldier, hanging out with the soldiers, but you're not a soldier? What's the point? 
You and I have got to understand today, we're not called to religion. We're called to relationship. We're not called to just live out our lives. We're called to be citizens of a far country. We are part of the royal court of God, and we have got to fight. It's important that we understand what's at stake here. This is no game. Lives are at stake. We put on the armor of God, and we... If we put it on, if we have it on, if we sing about it, if we look good, if we wear the mask. As I mentioned earlier, we sectioned off an area and we'll do more if we need to to help people to feel comfortable. Masks, I looked at masks a little bit over the weekend and I found out there's, there's really two, two distinct reasons for masks. One is a covering. These people have a covering. I have a covering right here. That's to protect me, protect others. It's a covering. And that's a good use of a mask. There's another use for a mask that's different. It's to conceal. It's to disguise. In that mask, I mean, unless you're going to a masquerade party, is a problem. It hides hurts and wounds. It hides offenses, it hides hypocrisy, it hides liars, thieves. It hides, it disguises, masquerades. It's one thing to be covered. I'm covered this morning and I, my mask is the breastplate of righteousness and the helmet and the sword and the shield. And it's one thing to be covered. I want to wear the mask of of. Don't see me, but see him. You know, I, I want to wear that mask. I want to wear the mask that protects and guards my mouth and guards my thoughts. And guard, I don't have the right to offend other people, even if they've offended me. I don't have the right to offend you back. That's not in the game plan. That's not allowed. I'm to forgive, and I'm not even supposed to praise until I have forgiven. I'm supposed to bring the offense down to the altar. Go to my brother and make it right before I even come to the house of the Lord and do my, wear my mask. Because I want to wear the right mask. I want to wear the covering mask, not the disguise mask. Oh, Lord, help us. Think about it for a minute. Jether had already seen the impossible. He was there when the 300 sent, sent the 120,000 running. He was there when the enemy turned on itself. He saw what had happened. He, he actually was even chosen. He was one of Gideon's 300. He was there when the, the first 22,000 ran home in fear. He stood. He qualified. Then when it came time to the other 10,000 that were sent away from the pond, he, he, he stood and he was there. And when they counted, he was number 299. That's my own theology. But there he stood as one of the 300. He was one of the 300. He was called. He was qualified. He was trained. He was ready. God chose him. God expected from him. God worked in his life and chose him to be one that would represent Gideon's army before their enemy. He'd seen it all. He'd been prepared. He was trained. He'd received the assignment. He was there ready. But he allowed his emotions to get the best of him. He allowed his circumstances to cause him to cower down. He was removed from his assignment because of his excuses. 
It's my famous biology professor at Lee University who walked in on the very first day of class and wrote on the board, good excuses pave the road to hell. Turned around and looked at us and read us the right act before we even knew his name. (laughs) You don't come into my class without a number two pencil and a pen. You don't come in without an eraser. You don't come in without a folder. You don't come in without your textbook. If you come in without your homework finished and completed and ready to be discussed, then you will not come in my classroom. Don't walk in the door. He said, because good excuses pave the road to hell. And if I allow you to skim by on something as menial as English literature, then I'll be sending you out into the world with the gospel message and you will find a way to compromise it too. Wow. Good excuses pave the road to hell. He was chosen. He was part. He made the cut. He was on the team. And when his circumstances got tough, he said, I'm only a boy, and I'm afraid. What what do you mean you're afraid? 22,000 already left. They they left because they were afraid. You were given that opportunity. What what is this? I'm afraid, and, and I'm too young. These were your uncles. This was your family, your royal line. Gideon took care of it. He was qualified. He was called. He was chosen. He made the team. He made the full cut. I like to think that we are part of the Navy SEALs, the Green Berets, the Marine Recon, and the Air Force Special Tactics of God. We've been chosen. We've been qualified. If you stand here, if you sit here today and you've accepted Christ into your life, you are part of the soldier of God. You are part of the army of God. You are not just a participant sitting on the pew. I don't know where we get that mentality. That is not the mentality of a Christian, a Christian, a Christ follower. If you just do nothing all 50, 60, 70 years of your life but sit on a church pew, you have missed the point. You have missed the point. We are empowered to fight the good fight. Somebody's got to fight for the mother. Somebody's got to fight for the kids. Somebody has to fight for the prayer wall. Somebody has to fight for a city. Somebody has to fight for all the unrest and all the loss. Yes, they're drug addicts. Yes, they're prostitutes. Yes, they're alcoholics. Yes, they don't live like you live. And they don't come from where you come from. Yes, they've been beaten down. But I'm here to tell you, we are the answer. And we are the ones who are to fight for them. We fight for them. He forgot who he was. He stood there amongst the 300 and he forgot who he was. He forgot that he wasn't part of the 22,000 that ran in fear. He forgot that he wasn't part of the 10,000 that left because they didn't have the right instincts for war. He wasn't that guy. He was qualified. He made the cut. I remember my night. I have to go back sometimes and remember July 2nd, 1981. I know I've wore you out with it, but you know, there are times when I feel discouraged or I feel weak or I feel overexhausted or overwhelmed at all we're going through these days. There are times I gotta go back and remember Hera Arena. There are times I gotta go back to the place, to the night where I received Christ and I know I got a calling. There is 
times when you and I have got to go back and remember what God said, when he said it, and how it'll help you to go forward. You got to go back and remember your calling, remember your assignment, remember how you were called to serve, remember where you were called to serve. Sometimes you got to go back and remember so that you can move forward and be what God has called you to be. Jether was one of the Gideon's 300. He didn't know that greater, in, greater was he in him than he that was in the world. He didn't know that he had more power in him than what was left in that army. He was one of the chosen men. You were chosen this morning. You were picked. You were chosen by God. God worked in your life. The Holy Spirit drew you until you accepted him in your life. You accepted the call. You accepted the invitation. You are a child of God. You've had the baptism of the Spirit. You're sanctified holy, washed in the blood. You are on the team. You made the cut. You're one of Gideon's 300. You are part of the work that God needs to do in this last day. Don't run in fear. Don't cower down now. Don't hide at your house now and close the blinds. It's time for us to say, Lord, if you can use anything, you can use me. You anoint my words, anoint my, my, my writings, you anoint whatever you can, Lord. Lead me and guide me into this world where they need help. Now, as I've said all along, we got to be smart, be careful, but there's a way to do that and still fight the good fight. You and I can get out there and make a difference wherever we go. And I know God wants us this morning to remember who we are. We're not, we're not to get lost in the tactics. We're not to get lost entangled up in the affairs and the agendas of the world. Let me clue you in on all the agendas out there. All of them are against God. They're against God's word. They're against his plan. They don't want heaven on earth. They don't want him to come back. They want the church to shut up. They'll do everything they can to cause you to run and cower down in fear so that you will not be a soldier with the armor of God on you. You will not represent and you will not make a difference. You will not tread over the enemy, you will not be what God needs you to be. I tell you, I'm feeling this today. The enemy's attack against America, against the world, it's all to divide. But he's working especially hard to shut the church down. He wants to shut you down, keep you quiet, or just get you mad as fire. If he can just offend you, hurt you, wound you, then he doesn't have to worry about you. You'll sit over in a corner and cry yourself to sleep, and you will be useless for the kingdom, but if you will, let the anointing of the Holy Ghost and fire come down on you, heal you, strengthen you, deliver you, anoint you. You will be a powerhouse for God in this last hour. You'll be the army of God. And it may just be that all you've got to trumpet, all you've got to clay torch, all you have is what you've got in your hand. But if you've got God, it will be anointed and you will use it to win the battle, to win the war. Stand with me this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We've got to make a difference. I'm a Christian. This was an old t-shirt I had. I am a Christian. I am a praying, blood-bought, spirit-filled, tongue-talking, Bible-believing, pew-jumping, Devil stomping, come on now, overcoming, Jesus praising, from the dead raising. I am a greater works than these, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, 
amplified, anointed child of the one true and living God. That's my name. So you need to be careful. Enemy, when you come in like a flood, he'll lift up a standard against you. I am a child of God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I will drink any deadly thing and it shall not hurt me. I will tread over top of the enemies that come and attack against my life or my family or my church, my country. We can make a difference. Oh, I'm wore out today. <laughs> I feel like I'm fighting the war of independence. Independence. The war, freedom from the enemy who is trying to put his hands around us. He's trying to restrain us. He's trying to const constrain us. He's trying to shut us up. Don't get lost in the battle. Don't get tangled up in the battle. We're going to win the war. Mm. For I am your strong tower, says the Lord. I am your refuge, a high tower where the enemy cannot have an advantage against you. I will empower you, says God. I have sent my spirit. You have all that you need at your disposal. Call upon me in faith. Watch my hand move across this land as my people rise up in the anointing of my spirit. I have a victory for you. I have the battle already decided. I have victory in my hand to give to my church if you will but stand and trust and know not looking to the things of this life. Don't trust in the arguments of the enemy but look to my hand to empower you, my right hand of power. I am with you. Do not fear. I will never leave you. If you trust in me, have confidence and walk in me, know that you are mine, says the Lord. Wow. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and honor the presence of the Holy Spirit today. King of glory, fill this place. Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Yes. Yes, Lord. The vision, the division that has come upon you. Have you not felt my presence? Do you not know I can lift you out? Why? Why do you fear? Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Lift your hands today. 
Let's lift our hands in honor of the presence of the Holy Ghost. A confirming prophetic word. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We are standing on holy ground and I know that there are angels all around. Let us praise Jesus now. We are standing in His presence. been so far away you've through this time of crisis COVID-19 and pandemic you've you've sheltered in and you feel far away you feel like you haven't felt God you haven't connected with God in so long you've almost forgotten who you were you need to remember this morning remember that he loves you Yes, it's a new day. Yes, there's a lot going on. And yes, things have made you upset, made you mad. Give that to God this morning. You don't need to hold on to that. Let go. Let go of the things that wound and hurt. 
let go of the politics that separates and divides not saying don't be a good citizen but man remember who you are we're called to bridge the gaps we're called to to bring people together we're called to cross all borders and lines of people and we're to bring people together we're standing on holy ground this morning Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I come to you this morning. I pray for our church. I pray over every man, woman, boy, and girl. I just pray that, God, you will empower us to be the church. You would anoint us today with a, a special anointing, a double portion of your anointing, God, that rests over us so that wherever we are and whatever we're doing, God, we, we let go of the fleshly things we're fighting with. Lord, we're tangled up and the opinions and thoughts and agendas and arguments of the world. God, it's invading even the church. I pray today that you would touch us, minister to your people and help us, Lord, to return to the basics, to the things that make us separate and different from the world. Come out from among them and be separate, holy, holy for our God is holy, holy. Sanctified before you touch us once again, Lord. Lay upon our hearts a desire, a passion for the lost, for those that are acting lost. Lord, they've gone crazy in the world, they're, but they're just lost. They're just lost. In the Word of God, we read of the young man who threw himself in the fire and threw himself around, cut himself with rocks. God, this is, is the world. They're lost and they need to know that Jesus is the answer, that Jesus is the gospel that brings salvation touch them today fresh God but use us let us be anointed by the Holy Spirit to be the church I pray in the name of Jesus to fight the good fight of faith and that means we must remember who we are we're children of God we're sons and daughters of heaven we we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ our elder brother it's time for us to remember that Help us today to be broken and humble in our hearts. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Now, I would ask with every head bowed and every eye closed, and perhaps if you're watching online, you need Jesus in your life. He says, if a man or a woman will believe in their hearts that Jesus is the Son of God, that he's the answer, if you're willing to accept him and to confess him with your life, with your mouth, then you're saved. I want to give you that opportunity to become a Christian this morning. If you're here in this crowd today or if you're watching online, wherever you are, I want to pray a prayer. And this prayer all by itself can't do anything. It's just words. But if it's prayed from your heart sincerely, then heaven rejoices and your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And you'll make heaven your home as surely as anyone else. So we're going to pray that prayer. And I wonder, is there anyone in here today that would just say pastor pray for me i'm going to pray with you today for that i'm going to pray that prayer god bless you is there any anyone else god bless you i want i want to pray that prayer god bless you all right if you're watching online and you want to pray that prayer just simple if you wouldn't mind confess that Right in the chat, just say, I'm praying. I'm praying today with Pastor. I'm 
accepting Jesus in my life. You don't even have to say my name. Just say, I'm accepting Jesus. We want to help you. There's a number going to be on the screen there, a text number. If you will, text that phone number. It'll help help us send a message. It'll help us to be able to give you a Bible and help you get established in your new relationship with Jesus. We'll help you. We'll grow with you. We'll pray with you and we'll work with you until you are able to stand on your own and be strong. But we're going to pray that prayer now. Let's pray it together. Church, would you help us? Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I accept you as my Savior. You are the Son of God. You died on the cross, rose from the dead, walked out of the tomb. I confess you with my mouth, and I believe it in my heart. Help me to be strong. Keep me until you come for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. I meant to do this earlier. Before we go, before we go, I want us to have a special prayer for Brother Roger Minor. Brother Roger was having some pain and, and ended up in the hospital and had open heart surgery just a few this, uh, the other day. I think he's down to about 12 hours out from surgery. So I want us to pray for him. And uh, as we do that, we're dismissed today. But I want us to pray o- over him uh, for that prayer. He's at Christ Hospital in, in down in Cincinnati, so let's keep him in our our prayers, him and Sister Elena. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you now for we trust and know. We thank you that surgery went well. We ask you to comfort him and be with him, strengthen our brother, and touch him by your Holy Spirit. May he feel the presence of God, the power of God, healing him, strengthen him every day. Use doctors and nurses, all of those that are working with him. We ask their hands be your hands and that you touch him. And Jesus, touch Sister Elena, minister to them together. We ask these things in the blessed name of Jesus Christ as we care for these fine folks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.